Experts claim there is nothing tougher than a diamond. But at Diamonds Direct, we beg to differ. Have you ever met a mother? Strong, radiant, timeless. This Mother's Day, give her the gift that meets her match. With diamond jewelry starting at $200, plus Diamonds Direct's exceptional quality and unbeatable everyday price, you're sure to give her a gift that wows this generation and the next to come. Experience the thrill of jewelry shopping done right at Diamonds Direct. Diamonds Direct. Your love, our passion. We've all been there. You have a question about your credit card. You call the number for help and you can't get a hold of anyone. With 24-7, U.S.-based, live customer service from Discover, everyone has the option to talk to a real person. Anytime, day or night. Yeah, you heard that right. A real person. Get the customer service you deserve with Discover. Limitations apply. See terms at discover.com slash credit card. Hey, it's Bobby Bones. Hey, I just want to say thanks to everybody who has stepped up for the St. Jude kids. St. Jude's doing incredible work fighting childhood cancer. And because of donations, like the ones that you get, families never receive a bill ever from St. Jude for treatment, travel, housing, food, none of that. Help St. Jude stop childhood cancer. Become a partner in hope. Get this awesome new This Shirt Saves Lives shirt. It's going to look great on you. So join all the doctors, researchers, and me in this fight. All right, text the word Bobby. It's only six numbers to 785-833. Again, text the word Bobby to just these six numbers, 785-833. Hey guys, Bobby Bones here. Sunday Sampler. Highlights from five podcasts on the Nashville Podcast Network. This week on Get Real with Caroline Hobby. Caroline sat down with Madison Pruitt-Trout, who was a finalist on The Bachelor. She's got a new book. Sore Losers, Raymundo talks about going to the Titans game on the Bobbycast. We talk with artists about the jobs they had before they were famous. You'll hear all of it. So let's do that first. To kick things off, here's a clip from this week's Bobbycast with Trisha Yearwood. Did you feel when you were working at the front desk and people would come into work in a profession that you wanted to do, that you were as good as they were Already, and because I know it's frustrating when people are doing what you want to do, but did you feel like, oh, I'm, I'm there talent wise? It's just I got to put in my time. My thing was, I believed in my voice. I, I believed that I had a voice and that I could sing. But I'm, I'm basically an introvert. I mean, I'm not like I grew up watching Barbara Mandrell on television, and she played every instrument, and she danced, and she did all this stuff. And I was not. I'm not that kind of an entertainer. And so I really thought, um, you know, I'm, I can sing. I'm a little bit overweight. I don't play an instrument, really. I can play a little bit of guitar, but I don't. So I didn't think I had enough. I thought I've got this one skill that I believe in, but I don't have all these other ones. So I think for me, it was that I did have a strong belief in myself. And I don't I think if I didn't, I wouldn't be sitting here. But at the same time, I, I had all these doubts about the things that I thought I needed to be able to do before I could be a, be successful at it. So you felt you had to develop, you, even then you felt like you needed to develop a bit more. Yeah. You weren't sure. so strong. No, no. I mean, and I went to Belmont where there were so many music majors and you couldn't, you throw a stick without somebody telling you what a great singer they were, you know, and I was not that girl. And even actually at, at MTM Records, um, after I got my record deal, there were people at that building who said, we didn't even know, we didn't know you sang. Really? Yeah. So you weren't, you weren't one of the ones that were like, hey, I sing, I sing. I was not, I was not. 
No. How, how did you change that then? How did you start telling people, I sing, I sing? I think it was because I, I was shy and I wasn't bold about telling people I was a singer. But after working at that label for about six months and answering the phones and ordering liquid paper and not and watching people do what I wanted to do, I realized if I don't tell somebody this is what I do, if I don't really get off my butt and try to make this happen, then I'm going to get to do this for the rest of my life. Right. And I reconnected. I had... Um, I had a couple of songwriters. One was Kent Blazy that I had done demos for. And I, um, I just found those guys again and said, Hey, I'm trying to find, I'm trying to get some demo work. And demo work was my way out. Once I started to get enough work that I could actually quit my job. Who was it for you that took the big shot? Like you we went, wow, this person really like put it out there for me to like believed in me when maybe they didn't have to. I mean, there was, there were several, there were a lot of people, the chain of events were the two Garths, honestly, because when I met Garth Brooks, he was the person who introduced me to Alan Reynolds, his producer. And Alan was really a great friend to me because Alan gave me advice based on what he thought was best for me, not what he thought I could maybe do for him. And he was the guy who said, you should meet Garth Fundus. He's a guy who I feel like you guys are really hit it off. And Fundus was the one who, when he heard me sing, said, let's do a showcase. He's the one who went to bat for me at the record labels and to help me get a record deal. And he was the one who helped me get the music that was in my head onto tape. What I what I really wanted, how I really wanted to sound, and the music kind of music that I wanted to make. So it was it was really all of those people together because I would never met Garth Fundus if it wouldn't have been for Garth Brooks. Um, and so I guess it really was you know it ended up being my husband, the one that really believed in me that that was like to start just telling everybody about me. And he didn't even have a single on the radio. So he was doing that before he was yeah. Freaking Garth Brooks. Yes. He was just a guy named Garth. <laughs> he just was, yeah. He was the less famous Garth probably at the time. Yeah, too. and he was. And then it was like, I know two Garths now. Eventually, a guy, there's a guy who's a tour manager's name is Garth. And he came in and um, did an interview for a job. And I told him, I said, you're probably great at what you do, but I, I can't know you. Like, I just can't. Like, I, I have two Garths in my life. It's already too weird. Like, I just can't do it. Uh, that's a true story. That happened. That's a lot of Garths. I mean, even two Garths. I, I know, obviously, your husband a bit. I don't know any other Garth. I know. It's so, it's so odd. And actually, if we're all in the studio together, which happens, it's very strange, you know? So actually I started calling Garth Fundus Tennessee. Cause I'm like, I have to have like a nickname mm. for you because I can't, cause I'd say Garth, they both whip their head around, you know, I'm like, I know. Cause they, they never hear anybody else call Garth, right. you know? So yeah. So it's a, it's a thing. Life ain't always pretty, but hey, it's pretty beautiful, thing. Laugh a little more, thing. Tight, tighten up your core, thing. Said EK, you're kicking it with four things. With Amy Brown. Hey, it's Amy Brown from Four Things with Amy Brown. And here's what we talked about this week on my podcast. If you want to make new friends when you're strangers with someone, there's one simple thing you can do that'll strike up conversation and build a connection. One thing, and that's share a pet peeve. Just tell them something that bugs you and then the conversation will follow. Researchers discovered that, I guess in the early stages of any relationship, sharing pet peeves, it bonds people faster than sharing even like a mutual passion about something. Plus, when people talk about pet peeves, they 
tend to discuss a wider range of things for longer, which allows them to learn more about each other. And this comes from Texas Tech University. So what's your pet peeve? Uh, wire hangers. No, wire hangers. No more wire <laughs> hangers. What movie is that from? Mommy Dearest. That's it. Okay. So just wire hangers like from the dry cleaner. Yeah. That, oh, that's mm-hmm. all John uses too. It drives me crazy. I'll use the velvet ones. I have those too. Yeah, which kind of have a, a metal top, but it's not mm-hmm. wire. Which if you use those, I don't really care if people actually use them, but something about them just bugs me when they get all tangled sometimes uh. and I'm trying to, or the hangers where the the little hook like swivels too much when you're at a store and everything is all caught and you're trying to hang it up. And so hangers really just get me. Also people that flip people off when they're driving. That's a pet peeve of mine. Like there's no reason to do that, to be so angry towards someone. You never know the situation. It's yeah. okay if you want to be like, hey, or react in a way, but you don't need to flip them off and go out of your way. Like I've had people literally speed up just to like flip me off. Road rage, man, is a real thing, especially here in Nashville. It's worse other places. Like I think Houston has hands down the worst road rage I've ever seen in my life. I have witnessed Houston road rage and it is, Frightening. Which shout out Houston. Yeah. Love anybody there that's listening. But if you live there and you drive on those highways, you got to know what we're talking about. What's a pet peeve that you have? Mine happened yesterday, actually, on Granny White. I'm at the light. It turned green and it had been green for a nanosecond. And this Range Rover behind me laid on the horn. Like I didn't even have time to switch my foot from the brake to the gas. Yeah. It made me want to go slower. Wait, did I see you post about this? And mm-hmm. I think you posted a song about the middle finger. Yeah. Wait, so it's my pet peeve, something that you do. <laughs> oh my gosh, would you flip me off? Well, I didn't do it. Okay. It's just, just honestly, I really like it. this girl. Her name's Kaylin Robertson. She's new. I saw her at the listening room here and she's got this song. called. It's about her ex-boyfriend and that the middle finger's for him. No, the song sounds so cute. Yeah, it came out last Friday. It's oh. great. Okay, well, maybe if, if people, if you've got a relationship where you're probably wanting to give someone the middle finger, maybe that song will be like a theme song yeah. for your, your weekend coming up. Things that are annoying for most people, this is from a totally different survey, but these are pet peeves that are common. Sitting in traffic, essential home appliances not working, being behind a slow walking person. Mm, oh, wait, yeah, I, I hate that too. But Amy, you, you can are, go around. We did. But Amy, y'all, if you were ever walking with Amy Brown, <laughs> get your motor. You are a fast walker. Well, I like to get out there and go. You are not wasting mm-hmm. time. Yeah, let's get there. Chop, chop. <laughs> Cleaning the house only to have your kids or partner mess it up soon after. Mm. Mm. Yeah. Do you not see what I have done? Does anybody notice yeah. that there was dishes everywhere and now the dishes are gone? Or that there was laundry everywhere and now... It's put away. Does anybody? Or like my husband will come in, he'll see me doing the dishes and then set a coffee cup right there on the counter. Really? You can't just like put it in the dishwasher? Yeah. You see, what what do I look like? This is where you just drop your stuff and I put it away, which technically the dishes are my daughter's thing and she's very good at doing them. She's good at loading and unloading, but there's times where it's full and she's not around. And I can't wait. My friend Claire will wait. It's her daughter's job too. And she will wait for her daughter to do it. And I cannot do that. I have to, I have to like how many more hours or when it, and then is she going to have homework? I might as well just do it because like I that. almost can't get my work done if there's a mess in the kitchen. I don't know what I need to work through 
with that. But I wipe down my countertops an unhealthy amount. It's almost what I do if I am feeling some stress in a way. It's like, well, I have a lot to do. Might as well wipe down the counters. <laughs> what well, makes you feel in control? Yeah, maybe that's it. Yeah. It's a, it's I don't a control think there's thing. anything wrong with that. Well, probably need to work on it because I should be able to focus on whatever task I need to do and just get it done and not distract myself with trying to control something. It could be worse. True. Yeah, <laughs> definitely could be worse. Welcome to 500 Greatest Songs, a podcast based on Rolling Stone's hugely popular, influential, and sometimes controversial list. I'm Brittany Spanos. And I'm Rob Sheffield. We're here to shed light on the greatest songs ever made and discover what makes them so great. Every week, we'll pick a new song from the list and talk about their placement on the revamped 2021 list. We'll also have guests join us, ranging from the artists themselves to the producers or simply other writers like ourselves who voted on them. From classics like Fleetwood Mac's Dreams to the Ronettes' Be My Baby, and modern day classics like The Killer's Mr. Brightside and Britney Spears' Baby One More Time. There's so many fascinating stories that have been forgotten, like Midnight Train to Georgia, starting with a phone call to Farrah Fawcett, or how the Yeah, Yeah, Yeahs inspired Kelly Clarkson's banger Since You've Been Gone and Beyonce's Hold Up. Listen to Rolling Stone's 500 Greatest Songs on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Danielle Moody here, host of the Woke AF Daily podcast. We've been with iHeart's Outspoken Network for a year, and what a year it has been. Every weekday, I navigate our rapidly changing world alongside our series of fabulous expert guests. As we head deeper into 2024 and yet another life-changing election cycle, Woke AF Daily is here to keep you sane and woke. Woke not just to the latest headlines, but also to the collective power we all have. Woke to the need to build community with those around us. Woke to how to avoid burnout and woke to the ways we can all find joy in the madness. Make Woke AF Daily with Danielle Moody your podcast destination for 2024 election news and analysis. And tune in to hear the ways I am working to stay grounded amidst it all. Listen to Woke AF Daily Season 5 on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. What up? I am Dramos, host of the Life as a Gringo podcast. Now, this is a show for the Nosabo kids, the, the 200 percenters. Here we celebrate your otherness and embrace living in the gray area. If you ever felt like you were always too much this while also never being enough that, this is the podcast for you. Every Tuesday, I'll be bringing you conversations around personal growth issues affecting the Latin community, and much more via my own personal stories, along with interviews with inspiring thought leaders from our community. Then, every Thursday, I'll be tackling trending stories and current events from our community that you need to know. So much of what makes our community so beautiful is our diversity, yet too often those of us who don't fit into this dumb, stereotypical box of whatever it means to be Latino are left without a voice or just forgotten about. On this show, I celebrate the uniqueness of our culture Culture and invite you to walk in your authenticity. Listen to Life as a Gringo as a part of the Michael Tura Podcast Network, available on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Let's do it live. We are the one, two, three, sore losers. 
Rogers. What up, everybody? I am Lunchbox. I know the most about sports, so I'll give you the sports facts, my sports opinions, because I'm pretty much a sports genius. What up, y'all? It is Sizen. I'm from the north. I'm an alpha male. I live on the west side of Nashville with Baser, my wife. We do have a white picket fence at the apartment complex. Soon I'm going to have 2.5 kids. And yes, sadly, I will die of a heart attack when I'm 72 years old. Here's a clip from the last podcast. When I walk in, my foundation bet is the roulette table. My foundation starter every time I go, opening bet is on the roulette table. I do. You want to know what it is? The numbers. We yes. know because for my freaking birthday, you won and I lost. Your bachelorette party. Yeah, whatever it was. Your bachelor party. <laughs> my women's. <laughs> Your bachelor party. So what I'm going to do, and I usually do it before I even hit the room. I still have my luggage with me as I'm walking by the table. What are them? I'm one of those Look people. Look at that guy. He's been fiending since Phoenix. I've been, I have been, I've been, <laughs> listen, I've been thinking about it. I've been trying to go over it in my head. I, the, the, the lights, the spin of the ball, the ding, 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 ding. And I like to do... Oh, palm tree. I like to do 125 on red. And then I do $20 on 18, red 19, red 21, black 17, and red 12. Those are the five numbers I do. Okay, so you could hit 720 if one of your numbers hit. And if it's red, you break even. See what I'm saying? You do $100. I'm at $100. Got it. Got it. Got it. So you want to hit one of your numbers for $720. And if it's not one of my numbers, only one of my numbers. As long as you hit red, you'll break even. Yes. I actually like that. Yes. That's a plan. Uh, And the only number that is black, 17 is black. So that's that's the only one. If it hits, you still win the $700, but you lose a little bit more because you have the $100 on red. But all the other numbers are red. And I should do uh, number four, but I don't. My... uh, Youngest son, his birthday is excluded because that makes it too expensive of a bet. And you end up not breaking even. Yeah, it's like, I'm like, oh, that's a lot to put it out there. And like 21, 19, and 18, they're all in the same spot on the wheel. They're in the same area. I, I like that. So you got you, you try Remember to court. my girl at Caesars? She had the little thing that'll show you the yes. areas. Yes. So you'll know the numbers for the areas. Yes. You've got to, <laughs> listen, if you're putting random numbers, if you're putting like 35 and two, and they're on opposite ends of the roulette wheel, it's kind of hard to, you know, have those two numbers. I try to get the numbers all right around each other so you have a section of the wheel cornered off. And if you lose, if worst case scenario, you're down 200. I'm right? down 200 right off the bat. Woo. And then it's a slow night. Then yeah. you have to slow it down. Then, yep. you, then you pump the brakes and you're like, damn. And you're like, oh, it's so sad. But if you win, you haven't, you haven't even put your bags in your room yet and you are feeling like a freaking champ. Do you have something against I do where if I have to work, I won't bet before because I'll always lose and then you're going to go to work and your life's going to suck because all you think about is how you lost the money and now your life sucks, blows. No, I haven't balls. thought about that. Don't do that. Okay. I don't have anything against work. It does for me. So if I have to work, I don't gamble until after I'm done with the work or the next day. No, no, no. I got no problem gambling before work, after work, during work, doesn't matter. I don't mind gambling whenever. Okay. Because I, what if I get hot and I start hitting and I win some money before work? Then I'm in a great mood. Yeah. See, when we went on the cruise, I I knew we had to post and I knew we had to go to like you had to go to some training course to Ooh. learn how to jump off the ship and not drown. Oh yeah, yeah. At the very beginning, and, and so, you, you had to go in there and you put your life vest on. So I didn't want to gamble before because I thought I'm going to lose and then I'm going to have to go to a course. I'm going to have to go to dinner and have an annoying conversation with people. And then I'm going to have to do these posts for the company and fake like I'm happy because I just lost my ass. 
So I, I'm big against doing the work first and then go and playing after. The only problem is if something gets hot and you have to go, then you're pissed. That's when it's like, damn it, man. But it's always better to leave when it's hot than to stay and let it get cold and lose your money. Except so, for me, Bahama guy, he said it ended up hitting for 400 more yeah, after that's, I left. That's a regret. <laughs> and so there will be uh, there will be craps played this weekend. There will be all tall, all small, yeah, all ball. Hit them all. You, got, you can play the features. Always play the features every single time. It's worth your money. And it has to hit everything before 7. Yes. And you do it at the come out. You could do it at the come out. Or you can wait a couple. No. Always at the come out. Always at the first roll. See, I wish I would have asked you that before the cruise because it was right there waiting yeah. for me and I didn't know how to do it. It's all. It's always before the, the come out roll and you put it out there, boom. Psh, 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 and and it has to hit every number except for seven. Well, you can hit. You can all small is two, three, four, five, six. Yep. All tall is eight, nine, 10, 11, 12. Eight, nine, 10, 11, 12. Two, three, four, five, six. Yeah, that's right. Okay. So yeah. you can go both those or one or the well, other. You can hit one or the other. So you hit the all small, great. Or you can hit the all tall. Both of them is when you won a thousand. That's when, when you win like eleven hundred bucks. When I was with yeah. you. Yeah. And you that- you were going nuts. Lunch has got a fucking backpack on. We're trying to act like we're having a blast. It was a pandemic. We're trying to have a blast at my bachelor party. Lunch is cheering with a backpack on. Yep. And we got the one dude with his backpack on. And they're yep. like a bunch of turtles celebrating together. It was awesome, dude. It, it was great. <laughs> like It was so fun. It was so great. But yes, that is my favorite. Hey y'all, it's Caroline Hobby with Get Real Podcast. I'm pumped about this week's episode. I have Maddie Pruitt-Trout on the podcast. She is such an inspiration. You probably remember her from The Bachelor. She was a finalist and she was such a captivating contestant on The Bachelor. Um, She doesn't settle on love so much that she wrote a new book called The Love Everybody Wants. It's all about living a life of faith and trusting that God's plan for your life is bigger than what you can see. This was such an inspirational podcast. I cannot wait for you to listen to it. Check it out. I read this part of your book and I was like, oh my God, that would be so hard as a kid. You had gotten a bike with like training wheels and you were like (laughs) super stoked about it. And it was pink with like streamers and I just got Sunny one of those. It's like pink with streamers and she loves it. She's on her little training wheels like cruising the hood. It's really adorable. She just loves it. But your dad was like, okay, you need to give that to your younger sister. Yeah, I was devastated. That's hard. That's like a <laughs> that's a huge testing moment that your dad just like dropped on you. Yeah, I was devastated. I remember he like comes into my room and he's like, because he he made it a moment. Oh yeah, for it was you. a moment. And like that, I mean, I think like my parents did such a good job of like trying to find very like practical things to like usher in you know god (laughs) yeah and to teach us life lessons (laughs) and so like you know something as silly as like something about a bike you know my dad used that as an opportunity to like teach me about something way more valuable but yeah he came in and he just was like hey you know you've had this bike for a little bit i know you love it but you know what do you think about giving it to your younger sister um i think not i think not i I was appalled (laughs) 
I was like, I will give you the dollhouse. I will give you my new tennis shoes, but I'm not going to give you my bike. Like I was so, I was like, how dare you ask that of me? And uh, I just remember like he was, he was super sad that like I didn't, you know, agree at first, but I was like, I, I said, okay, I'm going to think about it. You know, this is like a big decision for me. It's probably like one of the bigger decisions in yeah. your life at that point. Oh, absolutely. I was like, let me think about this. And you know, the next day I had tears in my eyes and I was like, dad, um, okay. I really thought hard about it and I just, I trust you and I love you. And so I know that she needs it more than me. And so I'm going to, I'm going to give you like, I'm going to give her the bike. Oh, and I like brought him the little helmet. It was such a dramatic <laughs> moment and he's probably like fighting back, like laughing. But, uh, he just used that moment to be like, Maddie, I'm so proud of you. And like, he, he gives her the bike or whatever and, and you I'm, have to watch her get and it? I'm watching her get excited and I'm kind of sitting there and I'm like, okay, see, Were you like, able to like, I did a good excited? deed. I was like, I did a good deed. I'm, I'm, that's so great. For you. <laughs> like, yeah, I'm fighting back tears. But then he leads me out. He like takes me around the corner. He grabs my hand and he's like, I want to show you something. And he takes me around the corner and he shows me this like bigger bike without training wheels. Super cool. Like definitely more expensive than the other one. And I've just felt like the most, the coolest, most important person on the planet that my dad would pick out something like this for me. And that he would take time to think about me like that. And I just remember hugging him so tight. And he just like told me that moment. He was like, Maddie, I'm so proud of you because you traded in good enough for something better. Like but you didn't even know the better was there. And I had no idea. <laughs> But he like showed me, he was like, sometimes God is going to ask things of you. Like he's going to ask you to lay down something that you don't want to lay down mm. because it feels good in the moment. Mm. But you have to trust that when he asks you to lay it down, he's got something so much better for you. That's big. And I was like, and how old were you? Okay. Probably like, I don't know. I don't know. How old are you? Like when you nine? Like, like mm. young. You're like a kid. Uh, seven. That, that reminds me of that teddy bear thing, you know, where yes. God's like, yes. But I love my teddy bear and it's this tiny little yes. teddy bear, but God's like, give me this teddy bear. And he has like a giant one the behind his one back. Behind him in the but picture. you don't yes. know it's there. No, That's literally. such a good lesson for life though. Like there, there is something waiting for you that will bless you. Yeah. It, but you, you have to trust. Yeah. And yeah. trusting is really hard. So hard. And sometimes it's, it's peace. Like sometimes it's not in the context of a person or a thing. It's just, it's inward peace. It's joy. It's, you know what I mean? And I think that's what I've seen is like, sometimes the better that awaits me is different than what I expected, but it's greater than what I could have imagined. Exactly. Because we get one idea of how it should be because we've pieced together what it could be based on like our own life yeah. and what we've seen. But we have no idea because history's writing itself every single day. Right. You know, so who knows what can happen? There's infinite potential. I think I realized that when I was in my band and like the band abruptly ended, I thought my life was over. And then all of a sudden I got a call to go on the amazing race. Yeah. And I was like, oh, my God, I would have never, ever, ever, ever dreamed that up. And it was the greatest experience of my life, one of them, but like yeah. could never plan for it. Didn't even know that was an option, you know? That's so crazy. Yeah. You just yeah, walk by faith and you life will to. be what well, life will be full of surprises. But like, man, just the journey is so it's so worth it when you choose to live a life of faith and just be like, Okay, trust your God. Like, don't know what's gonna come of this, but I just trust that your ways are better than mine. I love it. Okay, the love everybody wants the what the love everybody wants, what you're looking for is already yours. So true. It's right there in your heart with God. <laughs> Amen. And you know what? You give some amazing steps of how to really, I love that you give steps. I love a step. Mm -hmm. I think steps and like tangible actions yes. that you can like really apply to your life. You give such great applicable advice. Thank you. It's really great, especially for young girls. Like yeah. I feel anyone, young, anyone, but like, yes, girls like read this book before you dive hard into the dating world. Or if you're already in there, read it now. So you yeah. can like <laughs> clean it up. <laughs> 
totally. But it's so great. I love what you're doing with your life, with your platform. I admire you for that. I am grateful for you for that. I'm so grateful to see beacons of light in the world who mm-hmm. are like, sh- sh- like sharing God's message on yeah. a big platform. We need it. We need your inspiration. So just thank you for following God and sharing your journey with us. Thank you. And thank you for you being a light. And it's so cool to see like what God can do with a yes. Like just us being like, okay, God, use me. And just what that, it looks different for all of us, but just what he can do with that is abundantly more than we could ever imagine. Welcome to 500 Greatest Songs, a podcast based on Rolling Stone's hugely popular, influential, and sometimes controversial list. I'm Brittany Spanos. And I'm Rob Sheffield. We're here to shed light on the greatest songs ever made and discover what makes them so great. Every week, we'll pick a new song from the list and talk about their placement on the revamped 2021 list. We'll also have guests join us, ranging from the artists themselves to the producers, or simply other writers like ourselves who voted on them. From classics like Fleetwood Mac's Dreams to The Ronettes' Be My Baby, and modern-day classics like The Killer's Mr. Brightside and Britney Spears' Baby One More Time. There's so many fascinating stories that have been forgotten, like Midnight Train to Georgia, starting with a phone call to Farrah Fawcett, or how the Yeah, Yeah, Yeahs inspired Kelly Clarkson's banger Since You've Been Gone and Beyonce's Hold Up. Listen to Rolling Stone's 500 Greatest Songs on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Danielle Moody here, host of the Woke AF Daily podcast. We've been with iHeart's Outspoken Network for a year, and what a year it has been. Every weekday, I navigate our rapidly changing world alongside our series of fabulous expert guests. As we head deeper into 2024 and yet another life-changing election cycle, Woke AF Daily is here to keep you sane and woke. Woke not just to the latest headlines, but also to the collective power we all have. Woke to the need to build community with those around us. Woke to how to avoid burnout and woke to the ways we can all find joy in the madness. Make Woke AF Daily with Danielle Moody your podcast destination for 2024 election news and analysis. And tune in to hear the ways I am working to stay grounded amidst it all. Listen to Woke AF Daily Season 5 on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. What up? I am Dramos, host of the Life as a Gringo podcast. Now, this is a show for the Nosabo kids, the, the 200 percenters. Here we celebrate your otherness and embrace living in the gray area. If you ever felt like you were always too much this while also never being enough that, this is the podcast for you. Every Tuesday, I'll be bringing you conversations around personal growth issues affecting the Latin community, and much more via my own personal stories, along with interviews with inspiring thought leaders from our community. Then, every Thursday, I'll be tackling trending stories and current events from our community that you need to know. So much of what makes our community so beautiful is our diversity, yet too often those of us who don't fit into this dumb, stereotypical box of whatever it means to be Latino are left without a voice or just forgotten about. On this show, I celebrate the uniqueness of our culture and invite you to walk in your authenticity. Listen to Life as a Gringo as a part of the Michael Tura Podcast Network, available on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Hey, 
it's Mike D from Movie Mike's Movie Podcast. I did an episode recently about Disney's 100 disc collection that cost $1,500. I wanted to know out of that collection, which would be the movies I would save and which would be the movies I would get rid of. So if you want to hear this entire list, be sure to check out my episode. But for now, enjoy. So what I want to do on this episode is go through all 100 movies. We'll move through them pretty quick, but I want to tell you which 10 I would keep, which five I would immediately burn. We are going to open up the Disney vaults and take a look inside. Oh, man, there's so many things in here. Wow. What a vault. I can hear my echo. Echo. All right. We're in the Disney vault and the first movie in this 100 disc collection is the first animated Disney movie ever from 1937, Snow White and the Seven Dwarves. I actually think this is a really great movie, and it's surprising to me that this movie was made in 1937, given the sophisticated quality of the animation. And this was back when they were hand-drawing every single frame. Every single movement was hand-drawn, essentially making like a big flip book. That's how they would make these movies and then take photos of those animations and make it all come together, come to life starting off in 1937 with the first film in this collection it's actually one that makes the vault for me because of the history because of the characters and because of the legacy of this movie i think it is a disney classic and one of the first disney movies i remember watching and crazy to me that this movie is almost 100 years old coming out in 1937 so that is an easy entry for me so we have one down we'll run through this list from 1940, you have Pinocchio. From 1940, you also have Fantasia. That's an almost for me. Given that it was made in 1940, is so experimental and so out there. I wish Disney made more movies like Fantasia and took more animation risks like they did back in 1940. What an amazing movie that I believe was ahead of its time. But moving down the list, we have Dumbo from 1941. That's not going in there. Bambi from 1942. Get that movie out of here. It's sad. It's a classic. But no, I don't I don't need that movie in my life anymore. You have Saludos Amigos from 43. The Three Caballeros from 1945. No, no, we're not in a good era right now. Make Mine Music from 46. Nah. Fun, Fancy, and Free from 47. Nah. They went hard on the musicals during this time. Melody Time from 48. The Adventures of Ichabod and Mr. Toad from 49. Nah. Ooh, but then we get to number 12. From 1950, Cinderella. Another Disney classic with one of the best Disney princesses of all time. You also have a great supporting cast in Cinderella and a lot of great songs. I have a lot of great memories with this movie. And this is a movie that I feel like really represents what Disney was trying to do to establish themselves as being the great storytellers that they are. This movie has everything. It has fantasy. It has a lesson. It has great animation, especially for the 50s. So with the 12th movie on the list, we have our second entry in my vault. Going with Cinderella from 1950. All right, moving down the list. Alice in Wonderland from 51. We are getting into some pretty good territory here. I love that one, just not enough to put it into my collection. Not as my third pick. After that, we have number 14 from 1953, Peter Pan. Oh, I love this movie. One of my favorite movies to watch on VHS. I just feel like it adds this level of warmth to this movie. A classic tale, one of the best Disney characters of all time that I believe even transcends Disney. I don't immediately think Disney when I think Peter Pan. Ooh, I think we're going to have to have another one right here. So the third movie in the vault in my collection, I'm going with Peter Pan. I, I need this movie in my life. 
All right, moving on down the list now. The 15th disc is Lady and the Tramp from 55. Nah, I never really loved that movie. Didn't like the remake, so neither of those are going to make my list. Sleeping Beauty from 59. Huh, nah, I'm good there. 101 Dalmatians, a great movie, just not great enough to enter my top 10. So we'll leave that one in 1961. The Sword in the Stone from 63. I'm good. Jungle Book from 67, a great movie. Was just never one of my favorites, so we're not adding that one. The Aristocrats from 1970. We get a little bit more experimental in the Disney storytelling here. I never really liked that movie. I remember always seeing the commercials for that one as like commercials inside other Disney movies and thinking, what did they do there? I'm good without that one. You have Robin Hood from 73, The Many Adventures of Winnie the Pooh in 1977. I'm good here. The Rescuers from 77, Fox and the Hound from 81, The Black Cauldron from 85, The Great Mouse Detective from 1986. We have entered the Xerox era here for Disney, which is often criticized as being one of their laziest eras when they were reusing backgrounds, reusing characters. And a lot of people say the animation during this time was just very lifeless. But at 27, even though it's in the Xerox era, and some people would say is not a great Disney movie, I have one that I'm adding into the vault. As our fourth pick, I'm going from the 27th disc in this collection, Oliver and Company from 1988. Has a great soundtrack, a movie that hits me on an emotional level. I love this one. Let's throw it in the vault as our fourth pick. All right, moving on down the list right after that from 1989 is the 28th disc. We have The Little Mermaid. (sighs) It's a really good one. It's a classic, but I'm not putting it in my collection. I'm just not. The 29th disc, The Rescuers Down Under from 1990. I actually like that one better than The Rescuers. I watched that movie a lot as a kid. But still, not enough to put it in my in my list here. The 30th disc is The Beauty and the Beast from 91. Okay, we are entering the Renaissance era here. Some really great movies. Going to have to make some really tough decisions here. Beauty and the Beast does not make my list, though. At 31, we have Aladdin from 92. I was just never that big of an Aladdin fan. There was just something about that movie that just didn't really call to me. A lot of people love that movie. Not making my list. At number 32, we have Tim Burton's The Nightmare Before Christmas from 93. I'm good there. Then Disc 33, The Lion King from 1994. That is an easy one. Do I do I need to say more about that one? That is our fifth one. So five entries down, only five spots remain. And the disc right after that at Disc 34 is a goofy movie from 1995. It's a classic for me, even though I feel this one still gets overlooked over and over again. And it's a cult following that I feel people appreciate more now than when it came out in 95. You know, we are putting this movie on my list. Give me a goofy movie from 1995. And that was this week's Sunday Sampler. New episodes are out weekly. Go check them out. Check out Movie Mike's podcast. Check out the Bobbycast. Check out Get Real with Caroline Hobby. All those are there. Sore Losers. Four Things with Amy Brown. So much. And please subscribe, rate, and review them because it does help us out. Thank you. Have a great week, everybody.
Welcome to 500 Greatest Songs, a podcast based on Rolling Stone's hugely popular, influential, and sometimes controversial list. I'm Brittany Spanos. And I'm Rob Sheffield. We're here to shed light on the greatest songs ever made and discover what makes them so great. From classics like Fleetwood Mac's Dreams to The Ronettes' Be My Baby, and modern day classics like The Killer's Mr. Brightside. Listen to Rolling Stone's 500 Greatest Songs on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Imagine you're a fly on the wall at a dinner between the mafia, the CIA, and the KGB. That's where my new podcast begins. This is Neil Strauss, host of To Live and Die in L.A., and I wanted to quickly tell you about an intense new series about a dangerous spy taught to seduce men for their secrets and sometimes their lives. From Tenderfoot TV, this is To Die For. To Die For is available now. Listen for free on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. I'm Tamika D. Mallory. And it's your boy, my son, the general. And we are your hosts of TMI. And catch us every Wednesday on the Black Effect Network, breaking down social and civil rights issues, pop culture, and politics in hopes of pushing our culture forward to make the world a better place for generations to come. Listen to TMI on the Black Effect Podcast Network, iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. That's right. That's right. 